remember we talked about this, that the greeting is going to really uh, open up for us the idea of the authority of the one who's writing the letter and kind of start out the, the mood of, of what he's going to be saying to them. So he begins, I am the one who is first and last, here meaning first in time or place, last in time or place, who was dead, obviously we understand this, and now is alive. So we understand that Jesus is the one who died and rose again, and those in Smyrna would have known this as well because they had believed on Jesus as their Savior. However, the God that was worshipped here, Dionysus, the God of this city, was also believed in Greek mythology. It was said that, that he was killed by his father Zeus, and that he went through trials and was resurrected back to life, and he became this incarnation, Dionysus. So here, this is what they had heard all their lives. They're worshiping a false god who is claiming to have died and risen again. And here Jesus is saying, I am the one. I am the only true God from before the foundation of the world who is superior to any false God that you have worshipped. And he says to them, I know. This can be translated, I know with absolute clearness or clarity. I know their works, their toil, their effort, their labor. We saw this in Ephesus last week. They were working hard. But we also see something added. I see their tribulation. This word in the Greek means pressure, persecution, or distress. I see this. I see their poverty. This word meaning begging. This is possibly due to the intense persecution that the Christians in this area were receiving. He said, but you are rich. You are abounding in the riches of Christ. He said, I see the blasphemy of those who claim one thing, and it's not true. Blasphemy here meaning vilification. This is not necessarily blasphemy. We hear Jesus talk about the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, that when we attribute the works of the Holy Spirit to the works of Satan, that is blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. When we try to say that God's works are not his holy, righteous works, but they are... Remember that the Pharisees kept saying, oh, it's by the, it's by the power of the devil that he casts out devils. And he says, that's, that's blasphemy because I, I'm casting out these devils in the power of my heavenly Father. So this was not blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. This was vilification of the believers. So there were people all around them who were vilifying them, who were calling them out and saying ugly, awful things about them trying to ruin their reputation in the city. It says that they claim to be Jews. The idea here was not, necess not necessarily those who were born Jews, but those who had been received into the family of Christ. They were claiming to be Christians. They were claiming to be grafted in to the family of Jews, but they were spiritually not. They may have even been physically Jews but they were not of the spiritual family believing in Jesus as Savior 
he said something very strong here. He said, they claim they're Jews but are not, but are actually the synagogue of Satan. That's pretty fierce. Synagogue, meaning place of worship. Within, they worship Satan. They are worshiping the devil. They are the place of lifting up the accuser. But then we see what Jesus says in verses 10 and 11. Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. <laughs> Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that you may be tried. And ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. He said, do not be afraid. In fact, he is saying, fear none of these things. You will suffer. Come on. Come on, Jesus. I'm doing so good. Fear none of these things. You will suffer. Come on, man. I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to suffer. I don't want to go through this. Fear none of these things. You will suffer. <laughs> but you notice what he says first. He says, first get your mind right. First get your heart and your attitude right. First begin to speak to your soul. Fear not, soul. Fear none of these things, mind. Fear none of these things, heart. You're about to go through it. To suffer here means to be affected, to experience, usually, in this case, painful sensation. He says, fear none of these things. Jesus tells them, the devil will cast some of you into prison. The devil here, meaning, well, Satan, of course, but he, it's interesting that he uses the word Satan first, and then he uses the word devil. Devil is very specific meaning traducer. I had to look up that word. I'd never heard of that word before. Traducer means speak badly of or tell lies about to damage their reputation. He said the devil is going to cast you into prison. So it is not human authority that is casting them into prison. We remember that Paul tells us we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the powers so when we are suffering, when we are going through it, when we are having issue, we have to remember, I am not wrestling against this individual. I am not wrestling against this group. I am not wrestling against anything that can be seen. I am wrestling against the powers of darkness. The devil is at work when the enemy is fighting against me when I have fear in my heart, when there are all these terrible things attacking me. It is the enemy. The word trial here is used as tempted in almost every other occurrence. He said, fear not the, the trials. You may be tried and you will have tribulation 10 days you may be tried again this word means tempted now within this context at this particular time this was really interesting because 
many Roman-controlled cities were known for emperor worship. So what would happen is, they, they had begun to worship the emperor, and we'll see this n- next week in the, in the next church we talk about, that they were big on emperor worship, but there was also some within all the Roman-controlled cities. And what would happen is, they would go to this place to worship the emperor, and they would, they would be offered a pinch of incense, just a tiny little pinch of incense, just pinch the incense, put it into the incense burner, light it, and they would have to say, Caesar is Lord. And that was the worship that they were giving to Caesar. It was not necessarily praying to him, singing songs to him, bringing offerings to him. It was only the smallest pinch and placing it into the incense burner and saying, Caesar is Lord. And oftentimes during this time period, Christians would be arrested, thrown into prison, threatened with bodily harm or even death, unless they would come to the altar of Caesar and take a pinch of incense and say, Caesar is Lord. If they did that, they would, be, they would be saved. They would be set free, go about their life for just a pinch. And some of us may say, oh, that, 